honored to have you. It is Sunday, and we are so excited to have you. I, I think there's just something special about Sundays. Uh, I love, I think something happens uh, to the heart of God and in the spirits of men uh, when we come together and we worship together and we connect together and we grow together. I think there's really something special uh, that stirs heaven and touches earth uh, when we do that. And, and I love Sundays for that very reason because we get an opportunity to come and be a part of that together. We've been in this series called My Story. And the idea of my story is to hear the stories of people in our church uh, because the truth of the matter is everybody is carrying a story you know nothing about. Everybody has a story, everybody has a past, everybody has a future, um, and man, some of them are messy, and some of them are tough, and some of them are difficult, and some of them are not, but it doesn't take, it doesn't make it any less or any more of a story that we go through. And so today, uh, we're going to go through a story of Jamie and Heather. Um, and they are going to be really open and really transparent. I actually love the transparency uh, of these two in this story because I believe that what you leave in the dark breeds in the dark. Come on, that's a word for somebody. And I believe that we need to open things up and allow it to help and heal other people as well as ourselves. And they're doing that today as they've been through. They've been married for over 15 years. Uh, they've been... A part of this church for a long time. We love them dearly and greatly, and they have been through some, some dark, tough moments in their marriage. Now, if you're married in the room today, you may be going through something similar than what they're going to talk about. Uh, you may feel some of the feelings, but not experience some of the circumstances that they've been through. Um, or maybe you're in the room and you're like, I want to get to that place. I want to have a family. I want to have a, a spouse one day. But you may not be living your life quite like in honor of your future spouse or in, in the way that you know is honoring to God. And it's going to speak to all of that today. I love uh, the display of God's grace, forgiveness, mercy, and restoration in this story today. So I'm super excited uh, to get this thing started. I want to pray, and then we're going to jump in. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for blessing us with your presence today. Um, God, I thank you that we have a room full of people um, at multiple locations, even online today. Um, God, that is seeking you and wanting to grow closer to you. God, I pray that you would move today. Use this story. Let it teach us something as we grow closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's roll, guys. I'm Heather. And I'm Jamie. And this, this is, is our, our story. story. Um, we met back in 2005. Um, I had been dating a guy for three years, and I was working at Curves, the workout place for women. And his mom and aunt came in, and they signed up, and told me I had to meet their son. And I told them, I was like, no, I'm in a relationship. I'm good, I'm good. They just kept bragging about how he played video games all day and didn't have a job and sat at home. And, but he was a great guy and I needed to, to meet him. So she brought him up there one day. You caught me in the window eating M&Ms, didn't you? I did. <laughs> um, so he came in wearing his Vote for Pedro t-shirt. Napoleon Dynamite. 
Oh, I can't stand that movie. <laughs> um, and we kind of clicked. We met up for Dairy Queen. That was our first date. Yep. Paid with his mom's credit card. It was in 2005. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I broke up with my boyfriend that night, and we've been together ever since. Um, so I guess it was paradise until it wasn't paradise, right? It was just uh, not even a year later. Um, she had caught me. I had left everything on my computer. Um, I had been talking to my ex-girlfriend. I didn't I didn't clear it off at that time. I usually got pretty good at that. I didn't that day. She came in. I was in the restroom or something. Uh, she came in and caught me. Mm-hmm. Saw the messages between them. And, you know, it was AIM back then. Um, and they were using video chat and talking back and forth to each other. And they were video chatting some not so nice things back and forth and I confronted him about it and he talked his way out of it. Well, I'd gotten pretty good at that. Yeah. Um, we ended up getting married two years later. I asked her, it was a year later, uh, I decided I wanted to marry Heather. So we went to the beach. I asked her on the beach. I think I got out, will you? And she tackled me on the beach on the sand that night. Uh, we got married. He, a year later, after that, and um, in 2007, was, and from that day forward, it was never good for either one of us. Um, that wasn't. Um, we pretended like we had a perfect marriage in front of everybody. We did. Um, and then about a year, it was right around our one-year anniversary. Um, I found out he was talking to a girl that lived not too far away. And um, I was heartbroken, of course. At that time, she knew. Um, it wasn't that I was trying to hide anything once I got caught. She would, she would know where I'm going on the weekends. She would stand in front of the front door. I would walk to her and kind of, she would be crying been over at the front door where I couldn't get by. She knew where I was going. Um, I would pick her up, move her to the side, and be like, you know, I'll, I'll be back sometime. Might be tonight, tonight, tomorrow. Uh, it could be the whole weekend. I might see you Monday morning before I go to work. Um, I didn't care at that time. I was, I just, it didn't matter to me. It kind of kind of made me feel good to make her feel that way. Yeah, I knew that she felt good about me, and or she wanted this marriage to work, and at that time I didn't care. And like I said, I'd move her to the side, run out the front door, and come back whenever I was I was ready to come home. Yeah, that was hard. I'd, there's nothing like sitting in your, in front of your door, begging your husband not to not to leave, not to go out with the other girl that you knew about. She ended up staying with me um, again. Um, it was maybe a year later, two years later, you think? Mm-hmm. Two years later, um, I'd met another girl. Um, but at this time, you know, I'd been doing everything besides, or from going from to strip clubs every weekend to, uh, my phone was 
full of pornography. Um, she knew where I was going, and I didn't care. That's just how I was. I didn't, I didn't care about Heather's feelings or anything. So I met someone else um, at, a, at a friend's birthday party, and we hit it off. You got into a fight defending her that night. I did, at the bowling alley. Or no, it wasn't the bowling alley. Uh-huh. Uh, at the bowling alley, I got in a fight over this other girl. Um, this was the first time I got in a fight, but I also got another fight with the same person, or another person over the same girl. And these were some good friends of mine um, that I was taking up for her. Yeah, that was, you never got into a fight over me. Yeah. And it, that, that was hard. That was really hard, knowing that you stood up for her and you've never stood up for me like that. But So anyway, we got him in the car after the fight, got him calmed down, and then that started their relationship. Um, and I would look through his phone all the time and find different girls' numbers. He would have them under his boss's name and, you know, just every trick in the book he did. It took a lot to hide it. Um... I constantly had my phone on me 24 hours, and it was not a fun time, um, but. Yeah, it was, you were pretty sneaky. Yeah. And um, finding out that he had been with this girl really broke me, and you know, I would just sit down and cry and, and beg, and you know, ask him why, why am I not good enough? What, what can I do to make you want to stay with me? Um, you know, I can, I can do everything that she does. Why, why are you going for her? We're married. Honestly, I think owning our house together is the only thing that kept us together because we were both too stubborn to give up the house. Neither one of us wanted to leave. Yeah, if she, she, um, you know, she forgave me again. Uh, this time, I, I still didn't really care. Um, I just, I wanted to be with Heather. You know, at that point in time, I think I wanted to be with Heather just because I didn't want anybody else to be with Heather. You know, I wanted to be with her, but I, I didn't really want to be with her, but I didn't want anyone else to be with her. Uh, we had Logan at the time, our first son, um, and I believe that's a lot that helped us just stay together. Uh, you know, it wasn't really that we wanted to be with each other. But we did, and mainly because of Logan and the house and all the material things we had together. It wasn't because we loved each other, because Heather, towards the end, she didn't really care. Um, when I got caught the last time, she didn't even show any kind of emotion. Um, I think that's what really broke me down then. Yeah. It got to a point where, you know, it was just our our norm, you know, me finding stuff. And when you get to that point, it's like, what? why would I even cry anymore? Why would I waste more tears? So Logan and I just kind of did our own thing on the weekends while he went out. And Logan and I would just go do all these things together. And, you know, it kind of hurt. It really hurt when Logan would ask why dad wasn't coming. What do you tell us? I was probably three or four at the time. Yeah, because at that time I'd moved in with a buddy of mine, um, and so did the other girl. She was married also. Uh, she moved in, so we both moved in with him. 
That lasted a couple months, maybe. She ended up going back with her husband, and at that time, I really didn't want to come back home. You know, I wanted to be with her, but I told Heather, or I told that girl, I said, well, if you know, you want to try to make your relationship work, I guess I can try to make mine work too. Um, so I moved back home, and not because of Heather. It was never because of Heather. Um, I just, it's not like she didn't want to work it out. Yeah, anymore. at that time, she didn't want to work it out. Um, but I was still keeping Heather close where nobody else could be with her. It was just going to be me or nobody. Um, yeah, then I kind of got to a point where, like I said, I was just fed up. I was done with it. and So I decided to take things into my own hands, and, and I cheated on Jamie with somebody really close to him. Not because I wanted anything to do with that guy, but because I wanted Jamie to hurt and feel the same hurt that I did. You know, somebody that he sees every single day, to this day, still sees him every single day. Um, and I did that with every intention of knowing that every time you saw him, you would have to remember. Yeah, he's a, he's a co-worker. Um, and I do. Um, I see him every day still for the past, it's been what, 12 years? 15 years. 15 years ago mm -hmm. that this happened. Um, so I do, I still look at him every day. Um, but I have forgiven. I forgave him, I forgave Heather. That was hard telling you that too. Yeah. Um, I told you in the bathroom. Yeah. I, I forgot what happened. You told me something about what you had done. You had, it was like confessional time in the bathroom or something for us. Um, I ended up moving back home though. Um, everything still wasn't good. Um, I pretty much did my own thing, still going to the strip clubs every weekend, leaving Heather with Logan. Uh, they would do their own things. And, you know, I look back on it now and it's just tough. I mean, especially for not being there for Logan at that time. That really hurt. Um, I wasn't a good dad, wasn't a good husband. It was, it was a bad time in my life. Yeah. But um, I just, I thank God that Logan doesn't really remember any of that. Yeah. It was, we tried really hard to make him not a part of our issues. I think we did a pretty good job of that. But yeah, you did still miss out a lot of time with Logan. Honestly, I probably missed out on a lot of time with Logan too, just because I was so resentful. I just really, I hated you. I hated you. That's the only word I have for it. At that time, it was just hatred. I hated seeing him. I hated when he came home. I hated when he left. I hated when he was on the phone. I, I, just hated everything. I didn't want to see him. How many of you know that sometimes you can start down a path that you think you can get out of pretty quick? It all starts as games. It all starts as fun. It all starts as whatever. And then eventually, it can become a lifestyle that's really difficult, that's got a grasp on you, right? And the, and the difficulty in that is, is that you'll justify it because it's just how I am. It's what I've gone through. And the truth of the matter is, is I love the transparency that Jamie and Heather have in this story because they're not holding anything back. They want to let people know that you can start off playing games all you want, but 
every now and then it turns into something a little bit darker. A little bit tougher, a little bit harder to get out of. It affects everything in your life from parenting to being a spouse to um, your relationship with God. It affects everything. And where they are in their life now is not where they were. And we'll see more of that in a moment. And just love the fact that they're like, you know what, we're not going to leave this thing in the dark. And as we're in this series and we're talking through this and we're looking at it, I I thought about, as we're watching the story, I mean, I, I thought about the words that Jesus says to a group of people in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus makes this statement. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I I love that series of scriptures because he says in there, he says, Come to me, all you who are weary or tired, and you're carrying a weight that you don't know how to carry by yourself. Here's what I know about you and what I know about me. And what I know is I've walked with and seen them walk their journey. What I know is, is when we get tired, we will all look for rest. We will look for rest. You'll, you'll, in fact, I'll say it like this, you will wear yourself out finding rest. You'll look for rest in the bottom of a bottle. You'll look for rest at the bottom of way too much alcohol. You'll look for rest at the bottom of a prescription bottle. You'll look for rest with pornography. You'll look for rest in other people. And when you no longer find the rest or the escape in that, you will then wear yourself out running from another place, from that to another place. How do I know that about you? Because we're all human. And we all need rest. Our brain has something in it that burns out over time and we have to find something that releases the stress so that we find rest. When our brains, and I know some of you are in a place where you're like, man, I, I, my, my brain feels like uh, uh, static or I can't think straight and I'm just worn out and I'm tired. And if you're not careful, you will wear yourself out finding rest in the wrong places. And here's what Jesus says, I know that you will need to find rest, and so I'm not asking you to go anywhere other than to me. He says, if you will come to me, he doesn't say, I'll take everything away. Here's what he says, if you're carrying a weight that you can't carry by yourself, I'll carry it with you. Come to me if you're tired, I'll fend off everything for enough time for you to catch your breath again. You ever been working out or doing something and you just go, I just need a couple minutes to take a few deep breaths and and catch catch my breath. Let me catch my, I'll catch up in a minute, I got to catch my breath. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all live today. And that's what Jesus is saying, if you'll come to me, I'll carry the weight long enough that you can catch your breath. I'll carry the weight long enough that it takes a little bit of the the weight off of you because you were never intended to carry it alone. And here's what I know. Some of you are going, I've never been in those circumstances, but you felt those feelings. And you've medicated somehow. And you've gotten to a place like Jamie was where he didn't care about anybody because God forbid anybody call him up on it. Because he knew what he needed to find rest. And he went from place to place, person to person, moment to moment to find that rest. But as 
Jamie and Heather are about to find out, and you're about to see in their story, as they're about to find out, when you run to Jesus and you allow him to give you rest, restoration becomes a part of your life. Because restoration isn't about acting right. Restoration is about turning it over. Restoration is about saying, hey, God, I've gotten it wrong, like way wrong. But it's time to get it right. Let's watch the rest of the story. It was a couple years later. Um, You know, myself and the same girl, we ended up getting together again. Um, This was probably the, I don't know, it had been on and off of her for years and years and years, uh, probably 10 years. It was with the same person. Uh, Heather finally filed for divorce. And when she filed for divorce, I didn't really know, you know, I was going through so many emotions, but I still didn't really care. Um, I didn't care, but I wanted her, I still wanted to be with her. But I didn't want to be with her. It's kind of weird, but once again, I was good at talking. Um, So I talked Heather out of divorce, and she let me move back home from my friend's house. I think you called me like 47 times while I was at the attorney's office that day. I eventually had to turn my phone off. And it it wasn't, it really wasn't because I wanted to be with Heather. Like I said, I I just didn't want anybody else to be with Heather. And, but I was so good at talking my way out of everything and getting back with her. Um, Once again, she took me back, uh, let me move back home. And a couple weeks later, everything was like it had always been. You know, we were good again. And I continued to do what I was doing. Yeah, and it just, it was just a vicious cycle over and over again. And then I found my first life group here at Radiate. It was at Erica Peak's house. And um, honestly, Life Group, it really helped save our marriage too. Um, the first night I went, oh my gosh, it was just a room full of ladies in Erica's living room. And I lost it. And, you know, we were doing just our introductions. <laughs> hey, my name is Heather. Yeah, I've been going to Radiate for this many years. And, and then, you know, it was just, I just lost it. And, kind of told him our story and what I had been dealing with and just broke down in Erica's living room and those girls just surrounded me with prayer and love and they checked on me, you know, the whole time during life group. Um, We would just get texts random through the day, you know, how's it going, you know, how are you doing, how are y'all doing and those ladies really kept me up. Um, they lifted my arms when I couldn't lift my own arms. So I'm so thankful for everybody and just all their support and, and their love. And they they taught me through a lot. See, at that at that time, I didn't I didn't care about church. You know, Heather Heather and myself, we both grew up in a church family. Um, it was very important to both of us growing up, but at that time of my life, I didn't I didn't care about God. I didn't care about anybody but Jamie. Um, my helper was, you know, Heather had people and she had God that she was looking to, and I didn't have that. Didn't care to have that. Um, I I turned to alcohol and 
that was <clears throat> not easy to watch because a drunk Jamie's not a fun Jamie to me. No. You're fun to everybody else, but you really... I would always put Heather down at the parties and get-togethers, and it made me feel good to make fun of Heather. And, I mean, we would go to these things together and... No telling if I would be trying to talk to another girl with Heather, you know, five foot from me. Yeah. Me and the other girl hadn't talked uh, in, a, in a while, but I seen her again at the hospital. The same guy that I moved in with. Uh, we was there, they were having a baby. I saw the girl again that I'd been messing with uh, for 10 years now, 12 years. And we ended up getting in touch again and everything went downhill uh, once again. You wrote her on Facebook Messenger? Yeah. And I found it and you had talked to her about um, how cute the baby was. And, and I think you told her that you want you wanted a baby. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, why don't you have one with your wife? And he said, I don't want one with her. And that broke me because I've always, motherhood is my calling. And I knew we, you know, we had Logan, but I've always wanted to be a mom to two or three kids. And I didn't want to have another kid with you because I didn't, I didn't want our kids to grow up without a dad present in the home. And, um, so watching your, you know, your little childhood dream crumble in front of you is one of the hardest things I had to deal with. Um, when I got caught this last time and, and she answered her phone once I got off and she wasn't crying, she wasn't showing any emotion. She was just like, I want your stuff out this weekend. You know, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Get it out. And I don't care about you anymore. I don't love you. Um, you drove to my work. Yeah, I, I, that was the first time I'd ever done that. Heather acted a lot different. Um, I knew it was, this was it. You know, I either had to do something or I was gonna lose Heather forever. Um, so I didn't know what else to do. I didn't know who to reach to. Um, you know, I, did, I didn't want to talk to my friends about it. So at that time, I didn't have Pastor Brandon's number, um, but I did have Megan's from when we had the the church at the school, um, we would talk because at that time I was moving the trailer back and forth. And so I gave her a call and told her what was going on. And she said she would get him in touch with me. Um, but it wasn't two minutes later and Pastor Brandon calling me. And that was his car wash day. I still remember. <laughs> um, he was washing his car, but he stopped that and talked to me. And me and him prayed together and talked on the phone together about everything. and. He got me the help I needed. Um, yeah. Which, we'd mentioned counseling before. I'd mentioned counseling before, and he would never want to go, never never wanted to go. And, you know, he called Pastor Raina that day, and <laughs> Megan called me later and said, are you guys okay? Like, I talked to Jamie, but I really couldn't understand what he was saying. He was crying so hard. That was the first time I'd ever cried yeah. um, through our whole marriage. I knew my life was over, uh, my marriage was over, 
and I need to do something. Um, well, yeah, Pastor Brandon, he you know he prayed with me and he God talked to me. He sent it with a good counselor. He did. He it was no time. He he'd got on the phone and got me in contact with who I needed to contact with, and he got me with a counselor that that really helped. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I spilled my guts out of this counselor and prayed with him, and he really got me back where I needed to be. Yeah. And these are our divorce papers. Um, God really showed up in our lives, and I was um, cleaning out our cabinets one day and found them. And Jamie is actually the one um, that came up with the, the but God to put on this picture frame. You know, we were talking about everything that we were going through at, at this time when we were talking about divorce. And he looked at me and he said, but look what God can do. So Christy was sweet enough to, to frame this for us and, and put but God on there. And we keep this in our house now. It's, it's up in, in our living room as a reminder to us to, to keep fighting. And if we have one of those days, uh, you can walk through the house and look at those divorce papers and know what we've been through. And if we yeah. can go through what we've been through, then, then and you can come make out it, on top. You can make it through anything. Yep, exactly. That was, this is a super special piece for us. It is. I never thought that the saying was true that you got to have God in a marriage or God in a relationship to make it work until after all this. You know, God wasn't in my marriage. Um, I didn't care. Um, if, if, I will say if God's not in your marriage, it's not going to work. Um, man, that, if that statement's not any truer, then I don't know what is because for 15 years, we didn't have God in our marriage. You know, Heather might have had him in his life, but I didn't. And until I really got him back in my life and praying and getting on my knees, praying and just asking for forgiveness and asking to have Heather back in my life and for her to forgive me because I didn't know if she would. And it's still hard some days. It is. Um, Our marriage is far from perfect. It is, but but we rely on each other now um, and God instead of turning to other things, you know. Exactly. Other people, alcohol. But if you don't get anything out of this other than you got to have God in your marriage. Um, he's got to be in your life. He's got to be in your marriage. Um, if he's not in your marriage, it's, it's going to be, I'm not saying it won't work, but it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. um, that's what has really helped us for the past four years, get us back to, to where we need to be. And I think now it's our marriage is stronger than, than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And it's all because of him. Oh yeah. And we've had some amazing people praying for us um, that I've met through Life Group and you know, through serving at the church. Some, I mean, my best friends are here at, at this church and they know everything. I'm an open book when it comes to this stuff because I want people to know that marriage is not always easy. It's, it's not, not not 
for the faint of heart. You know, you have. It's going to be tough. Yeah. You're you going to have tough days, and you're going to have one for years, and you're going to have some tough years. There's still days when I yell at him more than I talk to him, and yeah. I'm working on that. And you know, it's it's an everyday progress. There's always something to work on with each other. And um, I'm just glad that we decided to stick it out. Me too. <laughs> but like I said, God really changed our lives. And the past four years that we have been, you know. Good. Yeah, good. Back to a <laughs> wonderful marriage. Um, we tried to have another kid. We tried for years and years and years. and. We prayed um, every day for another kid, and you know we figured if it's God's will, then we'll have another kid, and, and we did. Um, yeah, we prayed, and you know we didn't want to do any kind of treatments or anything like that, any IVF or anything, because we're old, <laughs> and um, we just really wanted God to decide whether we were going to have another kid or not. We did not want to do any interventions at all. We wanted this to, to not be our decision. We totally put it in God's hands. And 15 days ago, we gave birth to our second child, Luke yeah. Thomas, and um, we couldn't be happier. So now we have a 12-year-old and a, and a newborn. <laughs> yeah. At 40 years old, but. I'm not 40 yet. It's great. <laughs> Come on, make some noise for what God does. Like I said at the beginning of it all, I'm, I'm so honored uh, that they would trust, trust us with their story. To be open and honest and transparent to say, this is where we've come from. And it's messy and it's a lot, <laughs> but God is better and God is bigger. And maybe you're in the room today and you're kind of at this place to where you may not be able to understand all that the circumstances. I mean, you go, well, I, I've never dealt with this. I've never dealt with that. I've never been through that. I've never done that. But you, maybe you're in a place where you can relate with Heather to where forgiveness was something you had to offer when you didn't feel like it. Maybe you felt unloved, unappreciated, left behind, used and abused and just pushed out there and you're at a place to where you can relate with that or maybe you're at a place where you relate with Jamie to where he was running to everything possible to try to find rest and value and just do what he wanted to do sacrifice anybody through any circumstance just to be selfish in the moment Maybe you're at a place where you go, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling those things. I'm doing those things. I'm about those things. I just want you to know that maybe today is a day where through the story you felt God going, hey, but there's something better. You, you don't have to remain that way. Because the first week, the thing we talked about, and we say this at Radiate all the time, is God loves you where you are. But too much to leave you there. But can I, I just feel like I kind of need to say this for a minute. One of the things that I love about their story is that they were very honest that they have not figured it all out. 
It's a journey day to day. I laugh when she said sometimes I yell at him more than I talk to him. Here's why I laugh. Because you can relate to that. I can relate to that. Sometimes we just get on each other's nerves. And we don't handle it correctly. It's called a journey. And that's also why the scripture says that I am a lamp unto your feet and a light to your path. Why that, why that phrasing? Because God just says, I'll light your next step. I won't take it for you. Some of you in the room, the issue is, is that you want to breed it all, leave it all in darkness so it breeds. And condemnation gets stronger, and guilt gets stronger, and shame gets stronger, and pain gets stronger, and it hurts, and it hurts. And God is saying, if you'll bring it to the light, I'll carry it with you. In fact, I love how what the Apostle Paul says. He's talking to the Lord about something called a thorn in his flesh that won't leave him. He can't get rid of it. And theologians have argued for centuries, like, what is it a person? Is it a sickness? Is it a physical ailment? What is it? We don't know exactly what it is, but honestly, it doesn't even matter. He's got something in his life that is bothering him day after day, and he's asking God, God, I prayed, and I've asked you to take it. Here's what he hears the Lord say in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. And he has said to me, this is God's words right here, my grace is sufficient for you for power is perfected in weakness and then the apostle Paul follows it up with this most gladly therefore I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me therefore I am well content with weaknesses with insults with distresses with persecutions with difficulties For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And I love what the Apostle Paul is saying there. He's saying, it is not within myself, it is not within my power, it is not with whenever what I have together. It is only in the power of the Holy Spirit, and the power of God, in the redemption of Jesus, that I can ever be strong enough to get through this thing. And I need somebody to hear me today. You've been hiding way too long. You've left it in the dark way too long. And it is not until it is brought into the light, it is not until we can go, I am weak. I can't stay off of those websites. I can't quit thinking about those things. I can't quit drinking that stuff. I can't quit doing those things. It is only when that stuff is acknowledged in your weakness. That God is now made strong. Can I I tell you something to stop? I usually tell everybody to keep going. Stop trying to be strong. Be okay being weak. Because that is where God shines. That is why I love this story. Because they go, I couldn't do it. We tried it. And it failed. They tried it three or four times and it failed. And then all of a sudden it was like, let's give it to God and see what happens. And now they have framed divorce papers in their house. And she's holding a newborn sitting right over there today. Come on, somebody. Everybody's story is different. Everybody goes through something. 
God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I just want to do two prayers today. The first one, if there's anybody in the room that would go, the first thing I got to do is submit my life to Jesus. And I don't mean like, hey, God, if you'll take my life and just help me get through it. But we go, hey, God, you are my life. It's two different prayers. God, you are my life. From this point forward, you are my life. I need you. I want everlasting life, eternal life with my Father. And that's only through the forgiveness of Jesus. And then the second prayer will be people that are sitting in the room today and you'd go, man, I've got some junk that I have allowed to stay hidden for far too long. And it's ruining me. It's ruining my marriage. It's ruining my life. And I'm ready for God to do something. And so I'm ready to give it up. And I want to pray with you today. Would you just bow your heads? If you're in the room and you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus today, like, hey, God, I'm giving you my life. I'm not asking you to um, to take my current life. I'm asking you to become my life. I want everlasting, eternal life with my Father because I can't do this without you. I just want you to pray this with me right where you're at. Dear Jesus, thank you for the forgiveness of my sins. God, thank you for loving me right where I am. I ask that you forgive my past, forgive my present, and redeem my future. I love you, and I give you my life. And I submit that I will be, that you will be my life. From this point forward, through the sacrifice of Jesus, I have access to the goodness of God. Thank you for making room for me at the table of my Father God today. If you prayed that prayer, everybody still just praying right where you're at, but if you prayed that prayer and you submitted your life to Jesus today, can I ask you to just lift your hand right where you are and just say, hey, I prayed that prayer and I gave my life to Jesus. And I'm starting a brand new life today. Lift it up high. Because here's what we want to do. I'm not bringing you up. I'm not calling you out. I want to give you a clipboard. And all I want is just a couple of pieces of information. Because I want to pray with you. I want to walk with you. I want to, I want to give you resources. feel God working so hard right now and you got junk in your life that you refuse you think everybody if you ignore it it's fine but God's saying I want to restore something in you but in order to restore it you got to bring it out you got to quit hiding it you got to quit trying to be strong in it let me be strong let me carry the weight come to me you're weary you're heavy laden you're tough I get it. But God's going, just, just give it to me. Let's just talk it. Let's work it out. Let me light your next step. And I just believe it's a turning moment for some people today. And if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand right now and go, please, God, please help me in my darkness. Come on. Hands all over the room going up. 
Don't, don't be afraid of it. This is a moment for you to tell God, God, this is me and you right now. This is me and you right now. We're going to work through this thing all over the room. God, you see every hand that is up. You see every hand that the enemy put condemnation and shame in to keep it down. But I pray that no matter what it is, God, that restoration, forgiveness, peace, grace, fulfillment, value, purpose, God, I pray that you would just send the enemy's lies out. And God, that your hope and your joy and your grace and your forgiveness and your restoration would creep its way in today. That in 10 years, they'll look back and this is a monumental, life-changing moment of everything that's happened in their life. Because you began cleansing. You began cleansing the inside as they brought it to you. And God, we love you. And God... The prayer doesn't end the cleansing. The prayer doesn't end the move. The prayer is the beginning of it. So as we walk out of here, illuminate our feet and illuminate our path as we walk forward to walk with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, make some noise for life change today. There was a lot of life change, I'm telling you. Sometimes I wish you could see what I see from my vantage point. The lives that God is touching. Hey, listen.